0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Pi Cubed, the podcast about science, technology, and anything else we find interesting. I'm your host Francesca Guziello, Joining me today, as usual, is Salman Siddiqui. Hey Sam, how's it going? Hello, I'm okay. You're okay today? You're not feeling bad like last week? Actually, I'm
1: feeling worse than last week. But okay. You have a bit of a cough, uh, sore throat. Yeah, well, I've well, I've been a bit under the weather. Even though it's, I've just gotten better this week. Should you
0: take some uh, antibacterial medicines. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. I oh, don't get me started. But, um, yeah, we already talked
0: about this before. Um, but let's start a talking. Sore about Sore throat is a viral. Health. It's a viral infection. infection. Yes. So antibiotics do not help. No, they do not help. Uh, but talking about viruses, uh, let's talk measles, which is a virus. Which called measles is the illness, but it's caused by a virus. And there's been uh, an epidemic going on in Wales for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. There's almost 900 cases. There's uh, one guy who died. He had measles, but we're not sure yet if he actually died of it.
1: So or he, he died while having measles. So. so he could have died from something else, like yeah, was, yeah. like I don't know, he could have been run over or something. Well, no, but... I don't think
0: I don't think that's what happened. But uh, you know, maybe he had uh, a heart defect or something. He was 25, so it's unlikely that it's something else. But we don't know, so we can't confirm that it was measles. But measles has a mortality rate of about one in one thousand in developed countries. Which is quite high, because well, it's a viral disease. So it's not. It's not like you can give people antibiotics and cure it. It's... Is
1: that is that statistic from the entire population, or is it just like one in one thousand people who actually contract no, measles? Who contract measles? Okay.
0: Well, it's still pretty high, like yeah, you know, compared to something like the flu, which is yeah, know, one in a f- few hundred thousand, I guess. Uh, but the fact is that measles used to be almost completely eradicated up to a few years ago. And then all of a sudden uh, it's now become endemic again in England.
1: Uh, yeah, until some idiot decided that he wanted to make a name for himself and he and he gave a press conference about some <clears throat> about about some fake link between yeah, so the vaccine. So
0: what happened in ninety eight a dude called Andrew Wakefield. Back then it was Doctor Andrew Wakefield, not anymore. Yeah, he's been uh oh,
1: was struck, off the yeah, he been struck off the
0: register. And he published um, a paper in ninety eight on the Lancet, which is a you know a respected peer reviewed journal, in which there were some um, suggested links between autism and vaccines, specifically the MMR vaccine, which is a measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. And um, but the actual like there were supposed links in the paper, but when he said this fact, he was doing a press conference. He called a press conference and he called the media there and he said, oh you know. MMR causes autism and of course the media loves a scare story you know it loves scares because it sells copies it increases audiences and
1: you and saw the question it, time last started, week right yeah I saw it and it's just she was an embarrassment it was uh the Daily Mail's um what, what was her name uh, Australian woman yeah I can't remember her name. yeah well she was the editor of the Daily Mail and it was
0: and I think she was a editor. She was. She was a contributor. Contributor. Uh, anyway, well, so, she was one of the big guys. Yeah. yeah, like Richard Littlejohn or yeah, those guys. Yeah,
1: I mean, she was an embarrassment to herself and to uh, and to about uh, journalism in a whole. It's like yeah, it's like well, it was like oh come on, everybody was publishing a story. It's like, but it's how, called journalism. Yeah, that's, like that's you guys check yeah. the facts
0: and you must check the facts of uh, of you know, scientific. We're gonna get to scientific journalism in a minute. But basically, what happened was that um, people stopped vaccinating their children. Uh, in like in London, in 2003, The rate was 61%, compared to like 95% before the the scare, which is pretty low. And what happens is that if you're, you know, if you stop vaccinating, then the disease comes back because it was never completely wiped out. So there's always someone who has measles, and now people are getting it more and more. And there's just about 900 cases right now in Wales, which is which is not good. Uh, Especially because it's not, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a disease that was almost eradicated, and now it's back, and it's all due to the self interests of one person, and the self interests of the media who are only there to sell copies, uh, or you know, increase audiences, and basically, uh, this guy Andrew Wakefield, he was uh, there was this um, Sunday Times investigative journalist, journalist called uh, Brian Deer, I think, and he he did a bunch of Investigation well, and From a
1: decent newspaper. Yeah,
0: from a decent newspaper. And he found out there's a, a ton of conflict of interest because uh, Andrew Wakefield was uh, connected to uh, Immunospecifics Biotechnologies Limited and Carmel Healthcare. And Carmel Healthcare, the name of the company, is, is his wife's name. And basically, uh, Wakefield was estimating to make about $43 million a year from autism diagnostic kits. So all of this cool. was caused by the greed of of one or my men or you know all the people who were behind this, and the results were were falsified. They were not done well. Like the paper was retracted by the Lancet in 2010. It was partly retracted before, but in 2010 it was struck off. The Lancet. And, you know the, the the samples used for like the measurement of uh, uh, the were you know they were contaminated. It was just a mess. And in fact, I think it was at UCL he was working. UCL was sending him a letter saying they were worried about his links with these companies. Because there's a huge, obviously, conflict, conflict of yeah. interest. Uh, and so now, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's off in the USA somewhere. Uh, he's not a doctor anymore. He's uh, probably selling some other...
1: Snake oil. <sighs>
0: uh, and Yeah, so well, I want to talk about the role of the media in this. Because uh, scientific journalism
1: is very poor in general. I yeah, to, I mean, it, the, even within... uh the oh, New Science as well, um, you were telling me that you found... Yeah, errors no, and was there it, were some was, errors uh, in an aerodynamic I article. Mean, yes, but it was quite a um, uh, glaring inaccuracy. Like, I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was like, about turbulence. It was and, like the whole point of the article was, yeah, it was actually wrong. Yeah. yeah,
0: it was the opposite yeah. of what he was saying, which is a shame because usually they're a, probably quite accurate, more than yeah. most um, articles in science. But, because if you go
1: yeah. No tell me no, I'm saying that If you go and And you pick up one of uh, The gutter papers
0: Like you mean tabloids uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. The, What Yeah what those kinds Like, like you know uh, uh, The red tops and stuff Okay And you just look at Any sort of science um, Article that they have in there They always Sort of Put these uh, Put these like really um, o- Awkward terms in there And say there's been new evidence to I would suggest that such and such will I mean, is actually good for you and 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 that and that there has been evidence that that links this and this and uh, yeah carrots cure yeah. cancer and mobile phones give you cancer depending on the day of the week yeah uh,
0: yeah because the stuff's all copies and especially what they've created is this uh, this idea uh, that science is not what actually is, which is, you know, is with research, with peer reviews, with meta-analyses of previous studies, you know, there's yeah. always, like, there is no dogma in science. Everything can be changed, everything can be tested, and everything is tested in theory. And what happens is that they quote experts, and then am putting quotes around experts, uh, and the public thinks that, you know, science is like... Uh,
1: something really complicated well, then it's that a, only, like sh- know, only experts are able to understand it's a bit like shamanism like the sh- shaman knows
0: and he says something yeah, and that's what it is deep into it yeah which is not true How it's not how science works and it's quite frustrating to see people believing such stupid things because if you think that all science is you know is like whatever anyone feels like every other day and then it's just you're not going to
1: believe it I mean like I mean any random Person, well like any average person, should be able to go along and kind of pick up a few papers and see. All right, this is this is what they claim. This is what the evidence is. Here's the proof. And whereas nowadays you tend to see in papers saying that um, uh, some expert in some uh, out university, which you probably haven't heard of.
0: Yes, yeah, one of those universities. Yeah. Where only do science for press conference basically
1: yeah they, uh, that um, uh, that that this new plant or some fruit is is, is exactly. able to cure cancer and stuff and, yeah, you and, should... and
0: the fact is that most of the time these experts they're not experts they're just people who are willing to give uh, the most outrageous you know, headline or quote to the paper uh, because you know of course if you call a, you know, a good scientist uh, and you ask him is this true the guy will tell you well it's more complicated than that and that's not a very interesting quote, but if you say yes, this thing will you know will make you immortal, then they're gonna print it, and you know people it people will be more interested because you know it's stupid but yeah i mean there's there's so many cases of uh of papers misrepresenting science it's just silly, and like sometimes there are uh interests behind the stories like I, I, in the article i I put on the web on the on the blog the other day there's a link to a story i think on the Telegraph. Uh, or some other paper not not, not the tabloid and um, which you know linked uh, studies showed that Jessica Alba has the best walk has the best best wiggle as she walks and the fact is that I was trying to and the study was like worked that out commissioned uh, uh, it was was like you know by some uh, media company advertising company which had interest in Jessica Jessica, Alba uh, or whatever who doesn't (laughs) Uh, but yeah so they you know that's not science. If you keep telling the people that this is science, when there's actually real science to be told, uh, people don't believe it or people just distrust it because, you know... Uh, <laughs> if, if you're shown that science is stupid, then people won't believe it, which is a shame. Uh, I mean, I, I get people all the time posting very dumb things on Facebook, or, or just viral images which go around like, people don't tell you about this because... Uh, the big companies don't want you to know, but this, this, and that cures this, this, and that. And it's just if you, if they apply a bit of logic to the situation, like if a big company could package a fruit or what a natural remedy and sell it as medicine and it cured cancer, you think they wouldn't do it? <laughs> of course, they would do it, right? It's just they will make so much money. Uh, but the fact is that because these people think that science is is stupid or crazy or quirky, then they don't believe in, uh, or they do believe this stuff which is a shame sensationalist
1: stuff mostly
0: yeah and, and the fact is that now if if the guy actually died of measles uh, this person and the papers have uh, on their conscience uh, a dead person which would not be dead yeah, I don't
1: think it would be on their conscience
0: well it, it should be though yeah. because that person would not have been dead did you see that lady? Well, we don't know actually but
1: probably yeah. tell me no I was saying you saw the, uh, that lady on the question yeah, was completely unrepentant yeah she was like
0: her argument was like We asked Tony Blair Who was the Prime Minister At the time If he was going to Vaccinate his son And that's all here To tell them For them to realise if, if the vaccine Was worth doing or not <laughs> that, That's not how science works Go read a paper There's there's tons of papers now Because of course This thing went big Like in the USA There's a big movement Against vaccines Anyway
1: If you are listening In the USA And you come across Any, any article Linked to uh, The Daily Bell Don't read it yeah. It is one of the biggest online. It um, is the biggest, I think,
0: English language. Uh, it is Is it the, is it the biggest site? Now? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you get a hell of a lot of people posting l- links and stuff to our Daily Mail. It, I have a, a,
0: th- a thing on um, on Facebook. I think it's called Kitten Block, where basically, it if uh, you accidentally click on a Daily Mail link or I think this the is Sun, it, it automatically links to a page of of kittens. Okay
1: Instead which is You know Has more science Than <laughs> Than what yeah. they report And So yeah Just to like I would let them know That the Daily Mail Isn't worth Worth you spending time well, the, you know, the fact is that They might
0: have Good journalists there They might have good stories But no, they're not the ones Which are under the spotlight Not the ones which are On the front page Because that That's not the stuff Which sells copies um, Yeah So uh, And you know the this uh you know the, the disease uh, measles is, it was almost completely gone and uh because the fact is that if you don't it, it's not compulsory to vaccinate your child in the UK i think it is what compulsory do you feel about what do you feel about that i'm not sure like, in italy that? it's compulsory i think uh, you know the fact is that it should be the right thing to do like you should be feel morally obligated to vaccinate your child if you can because there are lots of people who you know who have leukemia or you know have HIV, uh, infected HIV, who don't have a good enough immune system to get vaccinated.
1: Was the uh, smallpox um, was that uh, compulsory? The smallpox vaccination. I don't know.
0: It's it's not it doesn't exist anymore UK, Yeah, but, but um, I'm not sure actually. Oh, but um, you
1: know when they were doing
0: it. Um, we should we should look that up and see, but how do you feel about compulsory vaccinations like you would vaccinate your children when you have them if
1: uh, I will, I'll think about that but uh, I mean if I have to be vaccinated which which I have been yeah uh, like uh, like I've had to look at my records and stuff and most of these things because I'm obviously a bit older than than when these um things came into the media yes. and, only
0: the last 15 years
1: yeah so um, uh if I really think about it I think I would support um, uh, The decision being with With the doctor Rather than the parents
0: Yeah I, I, I mean The fact is that If you don't vaccinate your child You're putting Unnecessarily More Child that, at risk Yeah But more importantly You're putting other people All at risk the pub- Because The vaccine is not 100% uh, Efficient You know It doesn't work It's like ninety ninety five percent Something like that And so If everyone's vaccinated no one has measles, therefore there is no transmission. But if there is one person who has measles, anyone can get it. You know, there's a reduced chance because they're vaccinated, but those people can still get it, and one in 1,000 will probably die. So it's not really fair that, you know, because you believe in some link which that's not really there. I mean, there was a, um, a Cochrane uh, review, you know, they do meta-analyses of studies, which is, uh, what they do is they basically collect a bunch of data from many studies, Studying the same things, they put them all together and look at the data as a whole. So instead of having you know like a hundred people, you can look at you're looking at thousands or millions. And the one they did, they looked at data for fourteen point seven million children. Okay. And there is no link between autism and MMR. They do say there are risks involved with vaccination, but the benefits far outweigh the risks. The risks. So if you listen to us and you're thinking of vaccinating your child. Uh, get informed go on the WHO website uh, World Health Organization there's a long long uh, fact on uh, you know all the myths about vaccines and the safety of vaccines and this week is also World Immunization Week so That's it's right, quite also a... what we're talking about it's quite topical uh, so and you should get informed and you should vaccinate your child have uh, you seen
1: some something. of uh, the conspiracy theories about these sort of vaccinations
0: there's many yeah I mean, in, you know if uh, if they become compulsory it'll be even more being done to
1: as it control the population and
0: yeah there's the whole thing like you know vaccinations are meant to make uh, black people sterile or things like that so it's, it's
1: completely it's, ridiculous but it uh, is quite ridiculous
0: Welcome to the Astronomy Corner for this week, making a reappearance. There was no Astronomy Corner last week. And uh, first of all, I want to read something to you, Salman, from a transcript uh, from an Apollo mission. Where did that come from? Give me a napkin quick, there's a turd floating through the air. I didn't do it, it, it ain't one of mine. I don't think it's one of mine either. Mine was a little more sticky than that, further away. God Almighty. Laughter. So it's a transcript, but it's you know it's been uh, it's not confidential anymore, and the astronauts discussing there's a, you know, one of the poops which flying through the air of the <laughs> of the capsule, which gives you a sense of like you know how, how close together you are when it's flying. What the mission capsule. was this? I think it was Apollo 11. <laughs> okay. So it the, they didn't land on the moon, but still they they took t- you know dumps in space, and they were floating through the air. There's, a, there's also an, another incident of another turd floating through the air later as well, in the mission cool which I thought was quite funny uh, just to open up astronomy corner but let, what we're going to talk about this week uh, in terms of astronomy is uh, uh, Kepler which the is uh, uh, no, the
1: scientist uh, oh, sorry astronomer or not, not,
0: not Johannes Kepler not but yeah. uh, Kepler the, the the ship the the, is, is the radio telescope right it's a,
1: yeah a telescope telescope
0: it was launched in 2009 by NASA and it's looking for uh, you know what was it? Colonizable Habitable planets Habitable planets yeah. yeah Planets in theory Have the same Characteristics As Earth So you know The right distance From the from the, the star The right mass And all of the Conditions So that there the can be Liquid and water And therefore Possibly life On them So
1: I mean um, The most important Points of these Is that They need to be At least warm enough To be able to Sustain life
0: Or Yeah but not too warm though
1: but not too warm uh, yeah so warm. so they need to be within a, within what they call the uh, the habitable zone habitable zone yes and I believe that they've uh, managed to find roughly 2700 or so what planets yeah, 2700 planets which are in this uh, candidates uh, yeah which are in this zone but recently they've managed to find um a handful, about five uh, planets, which have very Earth-like um, characteristics, being that they're similar-sized. Uh, yeah, I have being... the
0: I have data for one of them here.
1: It's called Kepler sixty-nine C. Okay.
0: Uh, and it I like is... the name already,
1: but hmm? go on.
0: Yeah, the name is very original, but they're not gonna name all of them because that would take forever. Has a radius of one point five times that of Earth. A planet. The planet orbits a sun-like star. Called Kepler 59, it is within the habitable zone, and it is one of the most Earth-like planets in terms of size and temperature found yet. And uh, they NASA called it a prime candidate to host alien life. Okay, cool. It's about uh, 830 parsecs from Italy, so so from Italy, from Earth. Well, from Italy as well, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Uh, what is it? Two thousand seven hundred light years away. Two thousand seven hundred light years. So it's still nice. way too far for humanity to ever get there. But it would be cool to know if you know there's a possibility of life on this.
1: Uh, and there's also one, um, one system where they managed to find um, uh, two planets okay. next to each other that were both within this within this habitable zone. So they were basically sister planets. So like Earth and Mars. Or, uh, whereas Mars can be considered to be within just within the habitable zone. Yeah,
0: it's a bit small, though. Mars is it.
1: It's uh, a bit small, but I mean, it is considered to be warm yeah. enough. Um, uh, there, there was another planet um, out um, uh, which Cause, was.
0: the problem with Mars is that it, like it did not retain heat, right? Yeah. If it had, then it would...
1: it, But it no longer has an atmosphere, yeah. and it's not known if it, well, it some, if it ever did it has some CO2, like yeah.
0: barely any. Yeah. Uh, so the, all the heat escaped. Uh, so the cool down. is no, you know, there's no, yeah. there's, there's no hot core inside it. Uh, which is, you, know, you need it for life.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what they do want to look for now is whether there's evidence of there being water on the planet, so well, ice caps. As or... far as we
0: know, water is fundamental. At least for carbon-based life forms, uh, water is, uh, yes, fundamental. You cannot have life without water. Yeah, so
1: that's quite cool. So, what are the what are the um, what's the potential for uh, planets like this? Um, Like, there was another thing by Stephen Hawking uh, very recently saying that um, in order for humanity to survive, they must colonise. Yeah, uh, other planets. Well, I, and, Stephen uh, Hawking does
0: say a, a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. so yeah, obviously he's he's been quite an important scientist. Uh, uh, but you yeah. but there's a thing called um, uh, the uh, habitable uh, habitable exoplanets. There's an Earth something index. I'm looking at it. Uh, uh, Earth similarity index, uh, okay. which is from zero to one. So of course, the Earth is one, one exactly like Earth. And uh, the one we just talked about, six uh, nine C, zero point seven nine. Uh, okay. You know, this is all based, like you know, of the distance from the the, the star. The, so they have the a similar.
1: So it's got a similar length of a year, and it's. Got yeah, things like that. Yeah, like uh, the
0: temperatures and, uh, you know, because uh, of course, if it's too hot, uh, water boils off, which is not good. And If it's too cold. And it's frozen. It's, you so, can't so, live on there. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, there's lots of frozen water in the, in the universe, and as far as we you know, there's no life in there, As yeah. far as we know. Because I mean, there's lots, lots of water in the solar system as well. In uh, I think Europa has a huge uh, like,
1: one of uh, Saturn's moons.
0: Yeah, uh, Saturn moon or Jupiter? Yeah, Saturn. Sure. Yeah. Europa. Yeah. No, no, no. Anyway, we'll we'll check. Uh, and also Saturn Saturn's rings are for the water as well. And, okay. Like every year, there's a uh, tons and tons of water being dumped on uh, on Saturn from the rings. So in theory, they're getting smaller because all of this material is leaving. But um, Another candidate for uh, for colonization, uh, which people don't don't necessarily consider one, is Venus. And you're thinking like Venus? There's no way, right? Because it's really hot. Uh, the the temperature on the surface of Venus is 740 Kelvin, or 160. Uh, and we talk about we
1: see uh, uh, the uh, the environment on this planet? But um... Yeah, like Venus uh, is crazy. Our I, I Venus is where like our am- global warming's gone mad.
0: Yeah, like the the uh, the uh, atmospheric pressure is ninety three bar. <laughs> That's ninety two. <laughs> atmospheres more in uh, there. So
1: we'd all have to be walking around in sort of pressurized suits. Oh well, yeah,
0: and then it's it's full of uh, sulfuric acid clouds, which is why we cannot actually see through the atmosphere because they reflect a lot of light away. Uh, and nice. basically, it takes four days for the atmosphere to rotate around Venus. It takes our atmosphere, I think, oh. Uh, two-thirds of a year to rotate completely around the Earth and there it takes four days and the average like, speed of the atmosphere is like 100 metres per second wind so
1: it's like constant our gale force 360 through.
0: kilometer an hour wind of you know <laughs> mostly like CO2 and sulfuric acid at 93 bars and 740 Kelvin so it's not like you know it, not very habitable or visitable but the fact is that uh, if you go higher up in the atmosphere you get at some point um Similar temperature and pressure as the atmosphere on Earth And uh, the air is 21% oxygen and 78% nitrogen
1: So what, would you live in, um, I would like call it hot air balloons all the time right? I,
0: Yeah, you you, have, <laughs> you have to build like, on the upper reaches of the atmosphere But there is like, a, a band of the atmosphere on Venus which is habitable Okay Which is crazy But you, then there's other problems like the fact that uh, it doesn't have a um, magnetic field around it the only magnetic field it has is from the solar wind, not from itself. It doesn't have a, probably doesn't have a spinning core inside the means we don't know. Uh, but of course, you know, radiation uh, would, you know, be pretty bad on there. And uh, you know, we always talk about um, like U.S. the European uh, space achievements, but the Russians have done a lot for space exploration. Definitely, uh, you know, including you know the Russian space station and the Soyuz capsule, which is still used to go up there. But they were the only ones so far To have sent probes to Venus uh, And these were called um, The Venera probes The Venera They This was Was it back in 70s I Late think? 70s yeah. Early 80s Yeah um, Go on Yeah and uh, And basically the The probes I think uh, The first one that took pictures uh, Survived 23 minutes I've on, seen
1: a few of these pictures yeah. 23
0: minutes On the surface of Venus Because it's just It's so caustic There's so much uh, You know Acid There's so much heat it's Gosh just, and I think the one of them slept about, for about two hours. One of the later ones, but that's it. Like you know, metal probes—they cannot survive. So obviously, you know, human life would be quite difficult on the planet. Um, but what's most interesting is that we have color, color pictures of Venus, and the method they used is quite interesting because uh, they didn't have color cameras to send data back. So what they had, they had like a black and white camera, uh, and they had filters. So they would have take take a picture and take a picture with a red filter, change the filter, take a picture with a blue filter, take a picture with a green filter, and then, you know, you can measure the intensity of the light coming through, and then you can reconstruct the picture using, you know, the intensity of those colors. So now you have color pictures of Venus, even though they were originally taken in black and white. Cool. Which is, which is pretty cool, I think. It was quite clever, because, you know, you're talking about uh, 30 years ago, so it's not like you had, you know, nice digital megapixel cameras. It was quite difficult to do something like that. It was, uh, Uh, And most people don't know about this All these Russian missions It was during the height of the Cold War So Probably didn't even talk about them In the US media I guess
1: Yeah A lot of this stuff is only just becoming uh, Public Yeah A lot of what they did back then I mean uh, uh, Whilst the whole um, uh, Whilst the whole uh, US um, uh, Our space missions were like uh,
0: That's five quite some time
1: ago Yeah And um, and a lot of the scientists and engineers that were working on it they were made quite famous from it like, what there do you call this, it, uh, oh, Von Braun and yeah, stuff ben, 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 um,
0: yeah, he Braun he, he built V2 rockets for the Nazis, right, before coming to the US yeah,
1: yeah but, um, uh, were well, his uh, Russian I- equivalents um, they were never made yeah, uh, there was a, like, a, a BBC and...
0: docudrama a while ago which was really like six-part series, but oh, space race, race, right? I think it was race to the moon or race space, to the moon, Yeah, it was, and basically they had a whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff about um, the Russian side, but some, lots of it was speculation because you, you can't know because those documents have not been very public. They were a very
1: closely guarded secret about yeah, lot, and,
0: what they did. You know, because like, they didn't want you know the U.S. to all there. All the rocket uh, engineering data and stuff, because the Russians were quite, uh, you know. Uh, well, the US were quite, quite ahead s- in terms of like rocket uh, propulsion. They were quite yeah. uh, technological advanced. The rockets they were using, uh, and it was well, it, it, it was, was
1: German scientists, but uh...
0: yeah, uh, yeah, the, the US, you know. Uh, but you know, the, the budget of NASA uh, in the last like fifty years is is less than the cost of the war in Iraq, or a lot less. Uh, so people complain that we that the government's spending too much money on space. Is, they have no idea how much money the US is spending on other
1: war and stuff. That's another. That's cool
0: things, in my opinion, at least.
1: But um, it used to be called uh, the cash cow. That um, that like sort of any project they wanted to do, they just used to chuck a lot of money about NASA. But this isn't what uh, the, uh the case anymore either is no, it no it's not NASA's been really uh, oh, cut back and um, but, uh, they're not getting the same funding and and so NASA have now called out to uh, the private sector to yeah, sort of fund these missions to Mars And well, they, they,
0: they want to use the SpaceX craft now don't yeah. they uh, the launcher
1: since they've oh, decommissioned uh, uh, the, shuttle the shuttles and...
0: yeah um, I was reading the other day actually uh, that you know we think of as NASA in the sixties, especially with the race to the moon and stuff, as being you know very popular. But uh, apparently there was the, even at the time there was quite a lot of position to going to the moon and spending all this money. Okay. So they weren't you know ever like you know everyone's really happy they were going to the moon. It's just of course you know twenty years later you know, they went to the moon, so it's hard to argue against it. <laughs> but before they went, it was a bit uh, controversial. The amount of money it was it was Kennedy who started it,
1: right? I yeah, mean, we will go to the moon not because it is easy. <laughs> but because it's hard. No, because it's Bostonian from Boston.
0: Right, um Also there's another Mars project. I, I I'm I'm How losing I'm, I don't know I'm losing track. Maybe it's the same one we've talked about before, but there's like a million of them and and this one wants to send four astronauts to the to Mars.
1: Oh, this is the Mars One project. Mars one, yes. Yeah. This is the one where um where they want to get um funding from, from, uh, TV, rights. Yeah, uh, but
0: last time we, we checked, they want to send only one guy. Now they want to send four, and they want to send four more every two years. So they sent they sent four. They build a base. They want to make a colony. And the fact is that, you know, it's definitely a one-way ticket for a few reasons. One, there is no way to get back off the planet.
1: Unless they manage to find all all reserves and they manage to build. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some kind it would of be quite difficult to live there. And there, and, uh, is no, there are no natural resources on Mars, as far as we know,
1: in terms of like, food and so stuff. So you're not going to survive long, are you? But well, unless, you're gonna, unless you take. You need to take everything with you. Yeah. Uh, like, unless you take all the, all the food you need for two years until the next mission comes, and then which then is, is going to need even more food because you've got more people coming. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the, a mess.
0: And also, the, the gravity on Mars is 38% of uh, the Earth. So,
1: so yeah. you can nearly. Leap tall buildings in a single well bounce. not just
0: that is that you know once you've lived for several years on Mars, you cannot go back to the earth because you you're going to be two weeks you will die like your your, your bones just be really brittle, and your muscle will be completely atrophied compared to what you have here well then you so it, then you it, keep it,
1: working out it would be
0: yeah, but still it would be <laughs> your, just your your bone structure will change like your bones change you know, the way they you know, they're made they are because uh, they're always you know being rebuilt and it will be just according to the demand you're putting on them. <clears throat>
1: Bible and so training.
0: you know you cannot go back because they cannot launch you off the planet and if you do go back you can't actually go back to Earth because you, you know you would you would need probably time in orbit I guess or something or you'd have
1: to or strengthen yourself I have no idea how you, you do it.
0: get back uh, like you know the moon is even lower gravity so you cannot just go there for a bit you get used to it you have to go to Venus actually Venus has the same gravity as the Earth so that would not help and the but sulfuric you've got all acid will kill you. And the... Oh yeah, ninety-three bar. Ninety-three bar is the equivalent of like, uh, 930 meters uh, below sea level. That is a lot. It's like almost a kilometer under sea level, which you know no human would be able to survive that kind of pressure.
1: Nah, no. like, I mean m- most animals not survive that kind of pressure. Like, I mean I've I've dived down to thirty meters. Yeah. And believe me, the pressure is you can incredible. yeah you, you can yeah, feel it you can on feel your it. ears. It's just... Well, well, like um. Well, like when you've been diving, are you get to be able to, out control yeah, yeah, your on, ears and you stuff? Push, yeah. But um, I mean, you you can feel it down there. It's y- like y-
0: your wetsuit sticks to you quite hard. Yeah, now.
1: it's like uh,
0: it's it, you have you have you know, uh, thirty meters of water above you pushing yeah. down on you.
1: Um so just to imagine how how much like 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 how much pressure there is on your head when you're that deep down this
0: yeah, I mean, and you can imagine how, how much pressure you would have you know, under the Mariana Trench, which is, you know, 11 kilometers, which is the deepest point. Uh, and I had the thing in, in the you know, blog post, you know, how that, the surface of the Earth is actually quite smooth. Because if you, if you were to shrink it down to the size of a pool ball, it would be quite smooth. Uh, it would be it would pass regulations. <laughs> uh, and if, you know, if you were to um, to blow up, up a pool ball to the side of the Earth, then you would have, you know, a trenches of like 25 kilometers according to the, you know, the specifications, regulations. But yeah, but of course, you know, the Earth is a squashed sphere, so it wouldn't be a very good ball. Poor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think Mount Olympus on uh, on Mars, I think it's 25 kilometers tall, which is much taller than anything here on Earth. Uh, even, you know, like Mount Achaia is like 8000 meters from the bottom of the sea. So, yeah, huge.
1: By the way, have you seen uh, the video submissions um, for uh, for the for the for the potential astronauts who want to go to Mars? I have not. Well, are, are
0: they are they stupid or
1: crazy? Well, the ones I've seen haven't been very inspiring so far. It's um like like they've asked people to send in uh, video submissions, which you can see on their website, for why you want to go to Mars, and 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 what you are got the s- reasons people give. And you've got some people like I don't want to live on this planet anymore but, <laughs> uh, And you've got some that I want to be an inspiration for everyone else and, I well, want to be famous basically. Yeah, yeah, so basically
0: Especially the same people who go on Big Brother, right? Who are yeah, but,
1: yeah, but but they don't know what they're actually letting themselves in for Like, uh, Yeah,
0: you, you're not coming back <laughs> Like, and if, if, if you decide to not send anyone else There's four people stuck on there for the rest of your life Which won't be very long like, and you'll be really famous but
1: you'll still be stuck there yeah so, I, mean, I don't know if, I mean, uh, how long will you like i, I actually survive without much our support there because you're going to need to wear a suit anytime you go out onto the surface even if, if
0: you can even go out on the surface i have no idea how that would work i just it seems crazy It it's, it seems one of those uh, uh, uh projects that are doomed to fail or you know they'll do it but on a very reduced scale because <laughs> they want to do it in uh, in ten years' time,
1: yeah. Um, There's so many challenges left, and there are a lot of other um, uh, space scientists who are saying that this actual space one, um, mission uh, team—they just don't have the expertise. Space you mean? The... No, this this our oh, space one, Mars one. You mean? Sorry, Mars one. Yeah. Yes. Mars One, Space One, Space. Uh, SpaceX and Mars One, yes. Yeah, Mars One. They don't have the uh, required expertise and um, and the and the resources for such an ambitious project.
0: Well, they need tons of money. Uh, I think they
1: cost like six billion dollars, something like that. Yeah, and there's only so much that TV can can actually pay for that. It's like, uh, I'm I'm sure people will get pretty bored of a sort of Big Brother style show. Going on for a couple of years it's the
0: same four people for two years Yeah, yeah
1: No one gets kicked off <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> if, if you leave the big brother house on Mars uh, you, you die
1: uh, in, in the cold What they need to do is They need to in, in, introduce some kind of like Alien And they or Just, so they just all, make alien on, on Mars Yeah So they all have to be Fighting against this alien And and then the uh, and then the alien becomes a parasite inside one of them. So we're launching a Kickstarter.
0: Uh, someone is launching uh, Alien on Mars. It's a new project. We want to launch people in uh, you know killing each other on Mars in ten years time. Like you know counter strike, but on Mars. Uh, how, a, how cool cool that Kickstarter. Be? We just need like a few billion or more. Should be easy on Kickstarter, right? We just need yeah. like a few million backers. Yeah, we
1: accept what <laughs> Bitcoin funding as well. Oh, Bitcoin, yes. Whoa.
0: Yeah, yep. you sent me a video yesterday Uh, by uh, he's Christopher Hadfield. Uh, he's an astronaut and on, on you know on the ISS. I think you sent me right. Oh yeah, yeah. He, has, uh, he makes a bunch of videos and puts them on YouTube. He's quite. Uh, oh, the he, Canadian he, guy. I he, think he, 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 he's a Canadian. Yeah, uh-huh. and he he's quite active on, on the internet. He he does a bunch of Reddit uh, Iyamas and stuff. And it was really cool. Basically, it was showing like what happens if you. Um, if you uh, what's he doing? He was uh, he got a towel, drinking a towel, and you, a wet so, towel yeah. space, like in space, in in zero gravity. What happens? And it was really cool. The video went went viral. It was crazy. But uh, you know, it was if you, when you wring a towel on Earth, you, you know the water drop because, because of the gravity. ground because of gravity. But when you have no gravity, what happens? Uh, I think we you sh- you shouldn't tell. Just, you, just watch You guys should watch the video. It's um, I will post the post a link on the link. on the podcast uh, link on the blog. Low cost. Uh, he has a bunch of other cool stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be pretty cool. I, I like it. I like his stuff. Space I mean, he, he's, a, he's an astronaut. I, I've always wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Oh, well, who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't want to go to Mars because I want to come back. But uh, going to the ISS would be cool. I mean, let's launch a Kickstarter. Let's build a competing space station. We just need a few billion. Let's
1: again. do it. Uh,
0: in news this week, uh, there was. Um, they discovered that uh, uh, economics paper, uh, which was one of the bases for uh, the austerity measures that have been going on recently uh, in, in the UK, quite recently in 2013. USA, UK. In, US, and... well, in Italy for a while and obviously in Greece for a while. Well, it's been the basis to... of,
1: of a lot of uh, our government policy, hasn't yeah, it? In the last
0: few years, since the, the recession in
1: 2008. Well, it's saying that when, um, that when, was it, national debt is... Um, over 90% of, of the uh, GDP... GDP
0: then your growth goes uh, negative yeah. that was the idea behind this paper which is called growth in a time of debt of debt by uh, two guys uh, I think a woman and a uh, professor quite well respected uh, economists rog- Rogoff and Reinhardt from Harvard University and uh, basically what happened was there was this uh, I think it was a PhD student uh, called Thomas Hernder he was a master student master student yeah. and basically
1: he was you know he was tasked to uh, replicate the results of a paper which is what you do uh, yeah, you know, like you, know. you take a um, well on paper and see if you can sort of find the same things yeah, as, so you, you, so mis- you do um, a critique on it yeah you in mis- you, 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 that way you learn about
0: the methods they've used and if you can use them as well and it's
1: also good for, for for students that may end up doing research in the future yeah uh, so it's, you, it's uh, a good
0: basis to uh, understand how papers work and yeah. you know, how to re- results and this guy was trying for months to get the same results as uh, the original authors of the paper and he just couldn't and the professor was like, oh, well, you're probably doing it wrong. And kept doing it doing it, and just couldn't get it. Uh, it wasn't such particularly hard calculation. So he was, he was baffled as to why he could not get the same result. And so uh, like at some point, his professors got curious as well, because it wasn't working. And so they asked the author of the paper to send them the data. And the send them sent them an Excel file with the data on it. And they found out that when they were highlighting a column for a computation, they forgot about a third of the column so, the so, the conclusion of the paper was that, if, you know, if, if the country has more than 90% debt compared to GDP, uh, your growth slows down and goes negative. Including this data, uh, it says growth is 2%. So, it's quite a different uh, conclusion. And, it, you know, you can't obviously uh, say that because of this paper, you know, austerity exists. But, of course, it was, a, it was definitely uh, pointed out by, I think, Paul Ryan and... Uh, I think maybe even George Osborne as a uh, as a reference. Yeah, yeah, was well, what, um,
1: So yeah, so that's bad. Uh, yeah. That uh, the whole that that whole country's e- economic policies are based on yeah, because, false because models false? What
0: austerity is is uh, is when a government tries to uh, reduce its debt by cutting spending. Cut back. Some. So cutting you know uh, cutting benefits, cutting uh, funding to schools and what happened in the USA is that uh, something really weird is that they sequester I think it's called I'm Uh, not familiar yeah and basically what happens is that uh, they basically decide that all of the spending is cut by a specific percentage like you know 10% which means that you know if uh, NASA cut its budget by 10% but arbitrarily like every single thing they do is cut by 10% it's not like you say oh these things are not important let's not do that the way it works at the federal level is that everything is cut by the same percentage which is really silly but there we go uh, and, uh, you know, austerity there's some pretty um, prominent economists uh, like uh, Paul Krugman, who won the Nobel Prize a few years ago, uh been quite critical of austerity, or like, modern Keynesian uh, economists, uh, they don't, don't like austerity because what they say is that uh, I think it's a paradox of thrift which means that, you know, if you're trying to cut spending to, to start the economy that's not going to work, because if everyone spends less money, that means that there is you know Less growth,
1: it less money. Negative it's like, because yeah.
0: you know, it, the money I spend in the economy is someone else's money gained, that they can spend. But if everyone's saving money, then it's not gonna, the country's never going to grow. So what's happening now is that they're trying to reduce debt but the countries' economies have not had any, much growth in the last few years. And there are more and more uh, economists who start to believe that you know austerity doesn't work, because the data shows that countries are not responding the way they were hoping they would. Uh, you know which is in, in, you know anti-authority protests have been in the news for a while now I mean, it was uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement Occupy, you know, we had 99% yeah. and the whole you know obviously Greeks Same are not very happy about it uh, about you know the measures because yeah and I mean the in the UK now they're cutting benefits right so they yeah. uh, who was it? Uh, it Was a politician who said that uh, it's easy to live on 53 pounds a week Ian Duncan Smith yeah which, £50 a week is, you know, it's not much in, in like, in Swansea. But maybe, if, you, if, you're, if you're in London, £50 a week is
1: nothing. Maybe when, uh, like, you know, back in the 70s, he could have been living on, like, £53 <laughs> £50 a week. but sure. uh, With inflation, that's not yeah.
0: the same amount of money. I don't want to get too political. I want to keep it on the um, economics side of things. But it, it's not looking like it's working. But by the way, have you
1: seen what the models look like? I have not. No. I mean, how do you go about modelling an oh, yeah. entire economies? Well, like there's they're so they're many approximations, yeah. There's so many outer variables and it changes from country to country as well. Even for example And it depends on what the economy consists of in one country. Like like was yeah. it here in the UK it's mainly was it financial sector and our service industries where
0: Well the reason like why Greece is so much worse off than say like Italy, for example. Uh, because Italy inferior has almost the same amount of percentage of debt as Greece, a bit less. Is that uh, Italy is a is a very productive country in terms of industry, so huge industry, you know, cars and l- lots of other things. So it's manufacturing, much, yeah, manufacturing. It's just much more uh, you know resilient than a place like Greece, which so is mostly to actually export and you know agricultural exports yeah. in, the, in uh, Greece. But yeah, I- I- even in the paper, like even if you consider the other countries which are not considered in, the, in this Excel column. um there are some you know waiting issues because you have to wait countries and years yeah
1: apparently in this paper They, they was weighted like one uh, new zealand uh, year uh there was yeah. as much as 20 years of uk recession. yeah i mean okay so the so the uk has like debt somewhere like 1.2 uh, uh yeah that was trillion yeah, um, right. uh, pounds whereas um say a country like i don't know our uh, uh, tuvalu has debt somewhere like you know less than um, 200 million. Well, so there's, like, there's like 25 people. Well, the whole so. our GDP is probably less than 100 million, yeah, way
0: less than 100
1: I million. Mean. Yeah, uh, so they're gonna have much, much less debt. But the way that this, um, that this uh, that Paperwork. this exo um, yeah. uh, um, uh, thing the worked was that, they, was that they weighed the percentage, yeah, of, uh, yeah, what the, the significance of both, um. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the, of the weighting things by by definition is uh, is subjective, right? And what you usually do sometimes is that you have uh, big commissions, so you have um, twenty, thirty people, and in that way you can actually weight things in a in a manner which is more, you know, <coughs> truthful, quote unquote, because of course at the end of the day it's still subjective. But yeah, this this paper is full of holes. And you know, it's a shame that it's been used as a, as an excuse to uh to cut spending on things which in you know. If if you if you take a personally I am I, I agree with the, I mean, Paul Cookerman, he says, you know, if you cut people's uh, ability to spend, they will spend less money and there's no way the economy can grow because the economy is based on spending money. Uh so in a capitalist system if you keep cutting things, uh that's not the way to do it. In fact some of these economists say that the right time for austerity is when the economy is booming because then you can afford to cut but not when it's in a recession you should do the opposite you should spend as much as you can and then once you you know it's got going again then you can focus on reducing the debt you've accumulated um, but yeah I don't know
1: well it'll be interesting to hear um, opinions from uh, from other people who know more about this subject yeah, uh, if, uh, if
0: you're a reader what, and you're in you know lots, lots about economics or you know you just want to tell us your opinion yeah. Uh, Let's know. The big news in tech this week is uh, CISPA, uh, which is, stands for the Cyber Intelligent uh, Sharing and Protection Act, which is currently going through the uh, the American uh, pol- political system. Uh, it just it it was passed through the Congress uh, just a few days ago, and basically the um, there's been quite a lot of opposition on the internet on it because the problem with the all these bills. That, that you know, they get uh, proposed is that they are usually written by people who don't understand the internet, right? They are uh, they are written on the, you know the lobby groups like IBM pushing these kinds of things, and you know people write them and don't really get them. So the problem problem with this um, CISPA, the biggest problem that have, uh, people have is uh, that it allows uh, government and private companies to share cyber threat intelligence which is about as vague as you can get, right? Uh, the problem with this bill is it's not necessarily what it wants to do because cybersecurity is important. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way it's written and worded is incredibly ambiguous. So it allows... It would allow like federal agencies to like, you know, just give me Facebook, give me all the data. There's someone on Facebook which has is a threat to say, you know cybersecurity, therefore give us all our data. And Facebook doesn't have to say... Uh, we gave a little to the FBI. You know, it, it doesn't have to be public when this happens, so people are not very happy about this. But it's not, not the first time that there was a similar bill. Uh, last year was the Stop Online Piracy Act, called SOPA, uh, which also, uh, which was trying to criminalize uh, uh, file sharing, basically. Yeah, so and like, if if you, like, there were you know, sentences of five, up to five years for streaming a movie yeah. illegally, which is just, you know, come on, like, you know. Uh, if you're YouTube, or if you're if you're my blog, or our blog, and we link to a YouTube video which is copyrighted by someone else and we don't know, then inferior blog can, could have been shut down according to the law because we were you know we were linking to uh, copyrighted material, which of course is stupid because the internet doesn't work that way. But yeah, people are not very happy. Uh, there, was
1: a, there was a there um, was a blackout on the internet, wasn't it? Last year, yeah. yeah.
0: Wikipedia, Reddit, and some
1: other smaller sites. Just yeah. led to a load of school kids not being able do to do their homework. homework. Yeah.
0: Wikipedia's down. Oh no! But what's interesting is um, uh, there's been threats of uh, filibustering this uh, bill, which uh, if you if you know filibustering is when uh, someone in uh, in parliament just talks forever uh, in <laughs> hoping that you know the, the bill won't go through. And, it's, <laughs> and I was looking it up before, and uh, uh, it was it's been used since Roman times. Like Cato the Younger used filibustering, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago.
1: What, in, in the Senate in the Roman mm. Senate yeah okay.
0: uh, and I think uh, the longest filibuster in US history is like 24 hours long
1: what? someone just talks talked and talked for 24 hours yeah because
0: hours. It, like in, the, in the Congress in the in the lower house in the USA you have uh, limits on how much you can speak uh, you you can set time in the Senate uh, you, you can talk as long as you like until you know it passes with if, uh, two thirds two thirds 60 out of 100 Seats uh, the senators voted in, so uh, you know you can. If I'm a senator and I don't want this bill to go through, I can go up there and I can talk about a conspiracy theory surrounding the Death Star in Star Wars for 12 hours, because you know it it doesn't have to be pertinent to the matter at hand. You can just talk whatever. Same in England, like in uh, the House of Commons, uh, you cannot say anything you like. It has to be pertinent to the to what's being discussed. But not in the House of Lords. Okay so uh, there was a filibuster last year 2011 two years ago it lasted for a very long time and at some point they put up beds and refreshments (laughs) for you know because the house laws are all kind of old and you know frail so they had to uh, it's it's quite quite weird though don't you think like you know you can just talk stuff away
1: Uh, i I didn't know much about this before, to be honest. But um, yeah, when I heard, uh, when I've heard like you, I uh, was told me about this. Uh,
0: and like, and basically, like in the USA, sometimes all you need is the is a threat of a filibuster. Okay. It's like, oh, we're going to filibuster this. So like, okay, let's move on to something else for now. Then, <laughs> rather than having you know to sit down for twenty four hours. For so something. it's a
1: flaw in the system.
0: I don't know if it's a flaw in the system. It is because uh, if
1: it, you don't want something to happen, you just go
0: and yeah, start rambling. I guess so, but uh. It definitely maybe like, you know, uh, uh, calls attention to it, maybe. Like a bill that would have not been, you know, uh, very well known at the, the Senate, uh, and Then people know about it because it's a guy who's been talking for 12 hours. But yeah, I, I mean, the USA strengthened the filibuster in, like 30 years ago, so they obviously like it. it it's, part, it's part of the culture of the, okay. of the politics system, uh, which is interesting. But yeah, so if, uh, if especially if you're a, a US listener, you should go look up who your representative is in the senate or even in the house even though they already voted it and you should uh phone them or you should email them or send them a letter and just let them know that you're you know, obviously first inform yourself of what Cispa is and then you should uh complain to your um to your representative because you know it, what usually happens on the internet is that the u.s takes the lead and everyone else follows uh so if this passes in the usa then i'm sure that many other governments in Europe and other parts of the world who will try to do the same because you know it's passed in the USA so might as well we will do it because they tried to do it a similar thing to SOPA last year in the, in the European Parliament as yeah. well which didn't go through
1: yeah so inform yourself it's all about and privacy, complain privacy laws on the internet it's, like, it's all murky
0: yeah I mean it's like politics uh, representative politics uh, your representative represents you so you should complain about what they're doing if you're not doing what you want them to do so you should do that someone tell me about uh, dark matter what what's going on why is it important and what's the super cryogenic dark matter search super CDMS.
1: super CDMS, yeah they um uh recently they've been doing experiments um h- uh, high energy physics and um they have they have apparently detected a particle that could make up dark matter and um but they're not 100% sure they're not right? 100% sure they are 99.8% sure but that's not good enough um okay, yeah it's uh, not uh... this is a three sigma confidence level which which is over oh, 99.8% whereas um in the field of of uh and physics right uh high energy physics okay. so same with experiments at cern and stuff. Um things have to be at least 5 sigma 99.999 right 99.95 95 okay yeah um uh, uh, to be uh to be um considered, considered like um Accurate. discovery mm. and so
0: now we have hints that they might have found it
1: yeah the particles um it's called it's called wimp Wimp. Yeah. Uh, why weak. why are you why are you insulting me? It's called a weak interactive in sorry, weak interacting massive particle. Okay, so
0: it's it's a massive particle that has mass but it doesn't talk to other people to the particles. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a wimp. Yeah. Like, physicists have their really weird humour sometimes, like
1: it's yeah. a wimp. But yeah. I mean they've got funny names for all these uh, like out particles. They're yeah. not very imaginative. No. Um up quarks um yeah stuff that. But, but yeah
0: it's, it's interesting because uh uh it's the first time that we
1: but um like just to uh, shed some light or like like I would just to um I will let you know about this that um, even with experiments like like that occurring at CERN they're not able to actually see the particle they're after
0: just detect it right, they
1: are our are detecting um the, like trail or something there sort of like evidence mm. that that it, it, it was that there. it could be there, yeah. yeah, so so they do a whole bunch of um of like experiments and they and they and the they use... don't see it, and then um and then like they but then it needs to be a sort of confidence level, which in this case has to be five sigma ninety nine point nine five percent that um that the particle they that they couldn't see was this Higgs boson. Well
0: in in, in the CERN experiment. I um, mean yeah. the CERN
1: experiment, yeah. So so uh I mean that's the way that it works there and um uh but uh that's that's how that's how um our our particle physics ex- experiments are at the moment. Well, you yeah, can't but, really well it's that's the only quantum way you want quantum to do particles it. Uh, yeah. you, can't see, yeah, you can't see them probability waves basically yeah. it's, it's, it's so this is the chance that, th- that that thing we cannot see might have been this particle yeah. that is what it is basically it, it is, Yeah.
0: which is why it is, you know, uh, it's quite hard like quantum physics because uh, they're not things that we can understand really understand, because our, our, even brain, see. Cause our brain is not wired some, our brain is wired to understand the movement of objects Uh, you know that kind of thing you know classical physics like mechanics is easy because you you push things and you move things and you stand up and walk all the time but
1: we never see the world at the quantum level or even at the sort of macro or galactic level like if you take our normal uh, mechanics and you blow it up to those levels they don't obey the same laws anymore well no
0: uh, Newton's laws are wrong in, in space yeah because uh Space and time are not as we experience them on Earth because we're we close to a massive object, which, which is, distorts yeah. the you know, space and time.
1: Which is why uh, our which is why I was trying to get your head around the concepts of uh, our general and the special uh, relativity. yeah it's really relativity. It's like you have to read it. It, it doesn't make you have to sense reread it
0: and just, from uh, from like a. Uh, experience perfect perspective. Like if you understand the mathematics behind it, it becomes much easier, because then okay, well, it's, the mathematics is this obvious. Today. Yeah. But like from a, an experience perspective, like you know, I, I, hey, we haven't experienced it because we can't experience.
1: But it, it gives you an appreciation of uh, the genius that it takes to be able to think up these uh, concepts just through a, um, a thought experiment. Some people might think that Einstein is
0: uh, overhyped, but no, <laughs> trust me, like getting there with a full experiment is crazy. Yeah. Like it's you, you know, it, it's mind blowing that he could he could do that, you know? It's yeah.
1: Like I have to read and reread other concepts and just to you know have a I like have a small idea about what it is but yeah, yeah I'll be mean, and then
0: also what would be interesting in, in next year is is also uh, uh, could, you know, making quantum physics and uh, relativity make sense together right because they're now they, they're talking about you know, very different scales yeah. and things but if, at some point they have to meet and people haven't really figured out how yet which is going to be the next big thing in physics I guess more than necessarily the Higgs boson well, just, you know.
1: part of how uh, everything uh, works uh, well it's part of uh, the unification of uh, yeah of everything but uh, uh,
0: yeah, there was a very interesting article in the New Scientist this week uh, okay which talks about exactly about this stuff, like merging you know, quantum mechanics and uh special relativity and general relativity together. Yeah, it's 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 quite high level physics, but um you know who knows, maybe someday we'll have uh, an educator who is able to explain these things very well. But at the moment it's difficult to get your head around it. Uh wrapping wrapping things up for this week, uh Anything else you want to talk about, Salman? Did you watch anything
1: interesting lately? Or uh, anything? Oh, it's been quite uneventful last week, hasn't it? Uh, well, there was stuff the... Stuff going on around there. was the... The bombing in Boston, which yeah. sucked. Yeah. I I happened to be I uh, threatened myself this week. For, yeah, someone uh, someone should look at your beard. And was like, oh, this person is obviously yeah, a terrorist. Yeah, look look how long my out like face out stubble is at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not, uh, not really thick. Either, yeah, well, yeah there was a there th- there was a uh, I'm a bomb outside, I'm a tube station. Well, a homeless guy, right? So uh, someone sort of with authority. <laughs> yeah 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 with a like you know they always seem to be slightly drunk and have a dog with him but hmm. yeah, so I was walking by and it was like our expletive, expletive, throw an expletive bomb at you. I'm like, okay. I just looked at him, smiled. <laughs> That's all. That was yeah. very nice of him. Yeah, I'm like, okay. If you know if if you like, you know, know how to make a like explosives and stuff, like, you know uh it's like to remind I'll, you that yeah, you are now on the I'll official project, FBI watch list, Etc Yeah, yeah. So like, if you know how to make that stuff, what are you doing? Being a bum, He's well, obviously drunk. Yeah. But yeah, I it, think was, it, was, <laughs> it was. It was. It was quite
0: a, a, a shock to everyone. that it was bombing, but I, I don't yeah. think we should. We should talk too much about it. Yeah, has covered not, in the media a lot. Let's not go just,
1: there. Just, just we agree that it was not a good thing that happened. Oh, oh, oh. just put it out there. Well, I don't think that there's any argument there, is it? So. Well, no, not really. Exactly. <laughs> just, just wanted to point out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you, you said
0: you watched an uh, interesting documentary.
1: Yeah, um, it's it, it's a bit old. I've a few years I, old. Yeah, year, I found a, or It's from it two thousand and nine, I think. Okay. It's called. It's called the Yes Men fix the world. Okay. About a, about a couple of pranksters. Yeah, I remember that they were quite, news quite a lot. when they they yeah. fooled the press quite a bit. Yeah, they they were they were environmental and, activists. Uh, okay, not um, and also and also anti anti uh, globalization a- mm. activists. So they went around impersonating um, big companies. Uh, yeah, big companies like you know Exxon or Halliburton, and Monsanto as well. Monsanto, right? I think and um and they would like give um fake press statements uh dressed up as as like the spokesman. as like the uh our spokesman or the or the executives of these other companies well um uh well well like uh one of the companies that they did manage to hit was uh, what, Dow chemicals now um that was it. Back in the eighties, um. was
0: uh, after the the Union Carbide stuff. Yeah, right? uh, okay. Just, just it's what it happened happen. Yeah.
1: So so if you don't know, back in was it eighty five oh, or was it, four. Okay, sorry. Eight yeah, mid oh, eighties m- anyway. There was a there was an American company called uh, Union Carbides yeah, um, who do uh, like uh, uh, like chemical uh, fertilizers and stuff. Like, yeah. So uh, it's chemicals. So yeah. So they're a chemical Our company. Um, are they manufacturing course and they had and they had a big um, factory in Bhopal this, right yeah which is in, in India. central India mm-hmm. Madhya Pradesh
0: which is where your family comes from right yeah close to it
1: uh, yeah was it um, originally originally yeah
0: uh, three, three generations before
1: yeah and um, and they and it was well known that uh, that they're out there because um uh because uh the laws are a bit more lax on like safety regulations mm. and stuff and they can I would they were, get away like... with with a lot more than they would be able to in the US
0: or in the EU even.
1: yeah I'm or, or in the EU and um and then what happened was there was um one night there was a major leak and it managed to um I would get into all the water supplies of, of over there and it killed uh, a lot of people over it, over
0: ten thousand people, right?
1: Um, over ten thousand people, our directly. Yeah. But since then, a lot more have died and a lot more birth defects. Yeah. Um, because it's still in the water. Mm. Um, uh, the qu- chemical quite the environmental disaster. Yeah. It it was the biggest industrial environmental accident ever, and um, and uh, so um, and so um, what, what did they do? Uh, how did they prank the media? And so yeah um they were bought out by um uh, by uh by our Dow Chemicals it, uh, shortly it, after it, okay yeah back in the 90s and then um uh and then so our Dow Chemicals um they wanted to apologize and stuff um publicly uh
0: about disaster right
1: uh, yeah so they went and they uh, and they paid compensation for the families of the workers in their in their American factories okay yep uh and they completely ignored what happened um, in india um uh the 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 original um uh people who were being tried there managed to sort of pay off a few of the judges there and they managed to uh, would get out of the country so um uh, so there was this massive injustice against uh, against Indian what people. the people there yeah. that they haven't got any compensation back and and that there's still people dying there so these um two guys went about uh setting themselves up as being spokesmen for the company and they and and then what happened was that the bbc ended up contacting them (laughs) being fooled and then they gave this like massive um our press statement that they're going to finally accept all responsibility for this and they're going to give all this convicts and oh, I'm mean, that they're gonna give all this out compensation out and um uh and uh basically what ended up happening was that the news was at at, at that time obviously massive and um, uh, yeah, lots of media attention which was exactly what they wanted. Yeah, because they were you know, you ha- they getting, highlight the problem, the fact yeah. that you
0: know, there was no compensation given to you
1: know, lots of people died. But there was no our public admittance of fault either here. Yeah, there wasn't no. A... Um um but they managed to get attention back onto it, but not only that what happened was um was that this managed to wipe off two billion dollars off of their that chemical though. off of the our stock value instantly yeah so it so it hit them hard, which is still um which is still scan our compensation for for the yeah. families of the of of uh, well, the deceased i'm in India. But uh, but it's a start. Wait, like like you like, like you highlighting what the problem was and and you know just our letting uh, these our company officials know that it's not gonna uh, that people won't forget about these things so easily. So you should I would, I would check it out. It's it's actually um, free to um, our distribute them.
0: Um, uh, the yes men would... Save the world or yeah okay.
1: So you can see it on our. On a YouTube and stuff, quite easily. You find the torrent
0: uh, torrent file for that, uh, which is legal. Uh, yeah, have you seen the Cove? There's a documentary. Cove. I think was in Alaska. No, I haven't. It was uh, it was about um, a traditional fishing practice in Japan uh, where they just they would kill dolphins in this cove. Okay. And just like, yeah, I have a picture here. You can see it. Obviously, this is not like it. Just the water became completely red with the blood of dolphins, and people obviously complained a lot about after this movie came out, and they changed their methods. uh but apparently it's still quite inhumane, uh, yeah, the way they uh, they do it. They, they use a fin rod to impale dolphins behind their blowhole and, <coughs> and sever the spinal cord. Uh, but yeah, but it still takes quite some time uh, for them to, to die, which is not very nice. Uh, but if you watch the movie, it's it's quite uh, shocking. Uh, even, even, you know, I mean, I, I, I eat animals, so I'm not, you know... Uh, not a vegetarian, like one of those militant vegans or something. But the documentary is quite shocking if you if you can catch it. Uh, it's called The Cove. One Muska, it's pretty good, or you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll probably do
1: it for this week, right,
0: someone? Anything else you want to say?
1: Uh, well, no, I'm just about coping. <laughs>
0: yeah, someone is dying of uh, of the flu, uh, swine flu. Now he's uh, he'll be here next week, hopefully still alive. So uh thanks everyone for listening to the Pycube podcast. As usual, uh go check out our blog, pycube.co.uk, uh, because it's awesome. And you're awesome going to listen to us. And we do the Twitter and uh... oh, yeah, Twitter whatever. You you find links on the blog. Uh, it's the easiest way to actually let's or get leave a interactive. Yeah, leave a comment on the on the podcast uh post or, you know, other ways to contact us on Twitter, etc. And uh, so thanks again and hopefully you listen to us next week as well. And that's it for us. Bye.